Hey y'all, hey y'all, it's your favorite cosmic cousin, Kansu Ra here. I got a little special Bodhi trees right now that I am recording here in Jakarta, Indonesia, straight from my quarantine corners here in the Mercure Hotel. Um, I just landed in Indonesia last night, actually. I will be spending the next few, several months in Bali, living my best ball wind dreams. Um... As everybody who has been following my social media knows, um, I've been on a, a sort of Baldwin path for the past seven, eight. Ooh, baby, we going on nine months. What's it? Um, but yeah, I've been on a Baldwin path. You know, I left the U.S. in September of 2020. And basically, you know, um, my ambition was really to follow that Baldwin instinct, shall we say, uh, where... I wanted to know what my life would be out would be without the American backdrop, without the American racism. Um, I was highly influenced by my mother calling me during the George Floyd era of the pandemic in the U.S. Um, around like one, two in the morning. She basically was crying and begging me to leave America because she was afraid for my life. She said, boy, you got a mouth on you. And I'm afraid they're going to kill you. Um, so my mom is not a very, um, how shall you say, she don't really do stuff like that. You know, she don't really get scared like that. She really is a very intuitive person. Um, I get a lot of my intuition from her. And so when she was acting like that, I was like, oh, shit, I probably should take this a little bit more serious than I am. Because the thing about me, even before all the stuff I'm about to tell you about... <laughs> Uh, I was not afraid. Like, I was talking mad shit um, during the the protest era. I mean, I also was doing a lot of radical stuff using the internet the same way I am right now. But, um, yeah, I mean, my mom was very afraid for me, and she wanted me to leave. And I really, I've been trying to get out of the U.S. for years. I know I've said it a lot in a lot of different places, but I really feel like it was the perfect time. I was evicted from my house in New York City. I had lost all my jobs that I had signed up. I lost the contact with, um, you know, just the, the the world that I was in before the pandemic, which was very artistic and revolutionary. My God, my 2019, I feel like I should just make a movie about 2019. I did and achieved and um, experienced some of the most prolific things that, I think that some like a street artist, like somebody who's coming from the gutter had ever experienced. And um, I mean, I was I was on the come up like anybody who witnessed or was around or even was a part of helping me do anything could see that I was clearly on a trajectory to become somebody, you know. <laughs> and um, honestly, the pandemic happened. It was honestly the best thing to happen to me, to tell you the truth. For years, I had dreams and hopes and prayers of the world just like shutting down and taking a breath. And I used to pray for it. I swear to God, not pray for COVID, but I used to be like, God, I really want to experience a time. Like, I'm being dead ass right now. I used to be like, I want to experience a time where the world just got to stop, where we just got to like sit down and stop. And I swear to God, when it happened, I was like, so happy. Um, in 2020, I experienced an actual spiritual inner 
renaissance um, through, I mean, the Bodhi Tree Cyphers is a whole aspect of that coming out of the WQTN experience um, and just all the crazy, amazing artistic things I did. Um, I also did move to Ghana. I was in Ghana for seven months. I had just left Ghana maybe about, um, I'm on my third week out, so I'm not, I'm still fresh out of Ghana. Um, and if you have been following my social media, you know about the future school and the crazy revolutionary um, action and activity that was coming out of that experience. That was completely life altering. And I really want more space and time away from it before I make a Bodhi tree on it, because there's a lot I have to say. Um, And I want to make sure that I'm coming from a place where my trauma is not being uh, centered because right now it's a very centric experience. It was, I mean, look, everybody who was watching it on social media and, you know, was messaging me like, oh my God, you changed the world. You did something revolutionary. How do you feel? I was numb by the time um, I got out of there. And the reality was that I didn't leave because I didn't stop you just go on my own volition. I stopped it because God pulled me out of there. I literally had the chief of the town spread rumors about me and basically almost put me in danger because the people in the town uh, believed the chief more than they believed me. So I was kind of fucked. It's a long story. So y'all just gonna have to wait. <laughs> wait till a nigga get up in these Balinesian, uh, you know, waterfalls and heal and shit. Um, I'm already loving Indonesia, you know, in Ghana, and I just came out of Egypt. I'm also two days out of Egypt, and again, very dramatic exit. You know, the Egyptians, God bless them, for real, Lord Allah, bless them. But I will say that. Wow, that was, I feel like Ghana was like bad scammers, like people whose scams are not good, but Egyptians have their scams together. And um, they was definitely pulling at my pocketbook. Um, But it was honestly some logistical things that sort of aligned um, with my intention to save money that supported me. And I had a very smooth transition here from Egypt to Indonesia. You know, I had a moment when I was on the plane from Egypt to Indonesia where I was like, whoa, like, nigga, you like, you went from Egypt, you went from Ghana, right, to Egypt, and now you're like flying to Indonesia. And I just like remembered being a little boy in Kansas City, Kansas, and, you know, dreaming about days like this and wondering You know, if my life struggles were ever going to be over and I just like had this like existential moment where I was like, I can't believe this is my life. Like I'm like moving around the planet and like nobody knows who the fuck I am. (laughs) But anyway, um, I'm here to talk about my post U.S. reflections. I left September 28th. Today is now April the 29th, so we talking about September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. Seven months officially um, yesterday, actually. I hit my seventh month when I hit Indonesia, which feels so deep. I also have seven rings now, so seven seems to be the number. Um, Seven is a very divine number. It's a holy number. So, 
I'm doing this on my seventh month out in my Baldwin quest. Now, my goal is to be settled here for about six to nine months if I can. Um, I know all things is possible through Christ who strengthens me. So we're going to figure that shit out. But, you know, I got to really I really want to be here. I want to um, ground myself on my Baldwin journey. And um, yeah, OK, then talk a little bit about that. So basically, my perspective, like, it's so interesting that I was calling this my Baldwin path. BTWs, before I even go into my perspective in America, I just want to say that for I came to Bali in September of 2019 for two weeks. It was like one of the best, most holy experiences of my life. And I remember I cried so hard on the flight back to America. And I was writing pages upon pages about how I wanted to have my Baldwin years in Bali. And I kept calling it the Baldwin in Bali. So I really... It it kind of feels so deep that it's finally here. You know, I I tried to come here in January. Originally, I was supposed to leave from Ghana straight to Bali. Um, But I had to go on that spiritual pilgrimage in Egypt, which I will talk about again on a different Bodhi tree because I want more time to process. But it was a very spiritual time. Um, But, you know, the thing that stopped me from coming to Indonesia was um, future school. Um, so I'm glad that it happened because it cleared up a lot of shit that I would have, a lot of, you know, I don't know, like childhood stuff that I needed to work through before I came here, um, and really open my channel to, to write the things that I'm, feel like I'm being called into writing right now. Um, so I just want to just point that out, state that, that I've been trying to do the Baldwin years in Bali from the jump, actually. And honestly... Oh, Jesus, this is no shade to the future school and whatever that experience is in my life. But I will say that if I had to go back to 2020 and reach to a nigga, I would tell myself to go to Bali um, first because that's really what I wanted to do. The only reason why I didn't do it is because I thought I would be alone and I didn't want to be alone. I knew someone in Ghana who I felt like I could you know, really kind of establish myself and, and find my way. But I ended up being alone. And I don't even know if I consider that person who I was in Ghana with a friend anymore um, after all the things that I just experienced there. So it was it was sort of like the loss of that friendship that really um, pushed me to go get a visa when I was trying to come here in January. Um, and then when the future school was getting started and all the magic of that was going on, I mean, me and this person were not even, we didn't even really communicate anymore. We were living in the same village and um, staying maybe two or three, um, you know, doors down in the village, but they were not part of my experience after that. It was like I was in a whole different dimension and world. So I was like, okay, I'm by myself. So I might as well just like do what the fuck I really want to do. So that's a message and a lesson to anybody who's afraid to do what you really want to fucking do. Don't let your fears or let your limited beliefs stop you. Okay, so anyway, with all that being said, I come into Bali, I come into Indonesia with a very different perception of the United States. I came, I left America a bit reactionary, I'm not going to lie. 
And it wasn't even on some race shit. I guess it was, but not in the public, like, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, the, the, the police. It wasn't like that because, first of all, I'm first wave Black Lives Matter, like Trayvon. Okay, I was in the streets when Ferguson happened. I was being tear gassed then. I was dealing with the shit then. So for me, all that stuff was like, oh, now y'all niggas is here? Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm not marching no more. I'm tired. I already know what to expect. Um, Oh, shit. Sorry about that, y'all. Okay, so it really wasn't that. It really was about... um, you know, for me, it was really about how I was being treated as an artist and the ways that I had cultivated myself, the ways that I had evolved, the ways that I had lifted myself out of my, my struggles, my poverty, my, my, my sexual assault, shame, all these different things through the life as an American artist and all the ways, all the people that I had touched and all the things I had done, but not really getting the reciprocation from the institutions, from the people and places that I expected to support and protect me. And it was heartbreaking. Like my soul was actually bruised. Um, It's the language I used. Actually, when I was in Egypt, I did a lot of praying and grieving of the sort of um, imbalance and and abuse that I kind of felt by society for marginalizing my art and really not um, supporting me, upholding me in the ways that I know I deserve, in the ways that I know that I'm capable and, and like, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready. And, like, this is my dharma. Like, this is the reason why the whole creator shaped and fashioned me but I I had to really deal with it the fact that it was painful to watch all these Caucasians okay and all these surface ass people be the ones that are getting the support and being the ones that are getting the love um so I did leave America reactionary in that way I was bruised and um in Egypt I, I'm sorry in Ghana I really got to have a space outside where I could, okay, admit it to myself. And then in Egypt, I got to really s- submit to it and, and put it into my body. I would be in these sacred spaces and I would just be t- saying like, God, this is too much. Like I'm bruised on a metaphysical level, like not even in my flesh, but like my soul is hurt by this. And I just got to really experience it and put it, in the body, because a lot of times I felt like I was disassociating it and like making it, again, being reactionary, just doing all this shit that was very reactionary. But now I feel like I'm more, it's more embodied. And this embodiment, I think, is really now crafting me into a different kind of human being and artist and giving me a different perspective of what the power and the, the spiritual life, right? Like, you know, we, the spiritual life of art, you know, like we support preachers, okay? We support monks, we support teachers. We have all these different places where 
you know, people who feel like they're called to a certain um, path in, in life have all these spaces and, and tools and resources. But artists, we're really out here fending for ourselves. And it's because art has been so commodified and so bastardized inside of imperialistic, capitalistic um, culture that we don't even like if you're not making money, you're not making sense to nobody, you know. So it's like, but what about those who just like get divisions what about those of us who the voice speaks to us so loudly that we can't even shut it off like what about those who can't help but create when we wake up you know what about those dna dharma body that's people like myself and so you know um i really had to cultivate that um awareness with more confidence outside of the u.s but i will say okay my perspective is that I think America is actually a really great country. Um, it's unfortunate that we do have a sickness, a collective societal sickness called racism. That is the roots of our country. Um, I don't think it's something that we need to shy away from. And like, I would even say this is going to sound kind of crazy. Like you can't really uproot it. Okay. Like we could try to pull the roots out, but you know the tree got the, the that kind of poison in it right now so i don't really i don't really look at it as something as we need to just like eradicate we need to like lean into this shit like this is such an interesting almost like you know it's called the american experiment okay so it's a very interesting avant-garde way to initiate a country and to have a country identity um, and I think that we need to really just like accept it. First of all, we haven't even hit a point where we accept it. You know, I saw somewhere Kamala Harris is a stupid ass. I can't stand by the administration. Thank God I'm out. Um, Kamala Harris said that America's not a racist country. And bitch, that's not true. Like, get off that white dick and then let's see what the fuck your life would be, really be like. You know, she's protected by the fact that she live in a white people world doing white people shit. And, you know, that's cool. Like, get your money, you know, girl, protect that brown. Because out here, it ain't all it ain't all like that for, for the rest of us. But I will say that, um, you know, America is a racist country. And I feel like once we eradicate, not eradicate, but like find a way to honor the fact that we started a class system, first of all, based on skin tone. And that that was influenced by um, things that was going on in the European countries that came over. But let's like let's honor that. Let's accept that. Let's like embrace that. And now with that narrative, how do we create something very different? Like my hope right now in the future is in America. And let me tell you why I say that. Okay, now I didn't create a whole damn future school in West Africa. I have seen studied the future of African countries and the African continent from an agricultural to a technological to an economic level. Um, being someone who is now an investor, you know, and has um, invested in the future of Africa through this school, I have looked at the future of Asia. And from China, even here to South Asia, here in Indonesia um, and beyond. And I'm looking at it from all these different levels, right? And I'm seeing, of course, there's already so much already established. Um, and these countries, because they are, quote unquote, minus China, developing countries, 
um, they actually have, um, how do you say, like, they kind of are like the leaders right now in terms of like what the future will be because there's a lot of undefinition um, that they are working with and building themselves up with. And so I honestly feel like that's the same with America. We are such a young country. And I think that's what gives me so much hope because like we are the freaking Gen Z or Gen Alpha Gen of countries right now. We are so young. We are so undefined. Um, it has only been one predominant ethnic group that has been a cultural group that has been defining the American identity and the American um, vision of the future. But, you know, what makes America so special is that I can go to all these places in the world and I know how to live with people. I know how to adjust myself because I grew up around all kinds of cultures and languages and peoples and exposed to all these different ways of life that I'm not brand new out here. Like I can actually live an international life um, because of my 31 years in America. And so I think about how we have all this you know, cultural wealth and resources like America's destiny is to be the home of some international, you know, global collective world, um, you know, example like but that that sort of spirit I'm talking about, again, it comes from the spirit level. It comes from the spirit realm of America. If you look at it from its origin, from its ancient history, America has always been a foster home. And that's no shade to the Native Americans. We do acknowledge that y'all were there first, but your ancestors found that land from walking over from Asia. And our African ancestors found that land walking over and selling over from Africa. But before that land was just empty. Okay, and then people came over. Okay, it was always been a place where we have been foster children. Like nobody is originally America is always an immigrant space. And I think that if we lean into the fact that it is an immigrant energy from the native experience who is in the, for me, the native people really represent the first the people who were there the longest. Um, and then now we have all these different cultures and language and people from all over the world who are able to come in and live there. And I think that if, first of all, we can confront the fact that, you know, America is a great superpower because of chattel slavery and because of a racist ideology that has built it um, up that allow Europeans to operate in a way that no fucking other people in the world could ever, um, (laughs) ever, then I think we could be, we can actually start somewhere from a place of healing even from a place of a new narrative but I think that right now it's going to be hard because white people are not used to being equal to the rest of us or even the rest of the world because nobody can really fuck with nobody fucks with white Americans you go anywhere even in Europe they don't want their asses I'm trying to tell y'all I got stories being in clubs in Berlin and watching all these white Americans getting thrown out and not in but the black Americans we get there I'm like niggas we good y'all we good but they don't fuck with white Americans I got crazy stories um, and crazy stories about what I've heard people from all over the world say about white Americans I look at that as a karma. White Americans need to get their shit together, like embrace the fact that 
you know, the ways that we have constructed our society has really given you a sense of delusion about um, the brotherhood and the harmonics of humankind. And I think that when white people in America who are born and raised there are able to dip into their ancestral legacies and heritage and really recall and recover, you know, the human teachings that they're supposed to offer, then I think that we will start seeing a little bit more um, peace um, and actual um, healing and reconciliation amongst the races in America. But white supremacy is a virus. It was the first virus uh, before Corona. And, um, you know, we have a race issue in America. It's really one of the biggest things that and patriarchy, but patriarchy and all the shit that we're dealing with, capitalism, all of this is rooted in the ideologies that the imperialist settler colonial people who have established the United States as it is today um, have did and, and, and set up through their occupation of that landmass. And I think that, you know, in terms of a functioning, operating democracy, I'm not saying that ours is perfect, but we're definitely um, leading the world right now in terms of the potentials of what that freedom can be. And so my thing is that I don't know how we reckon and heal race. Um, I don't know how we reckon and heal um, the ugly that is our past as the U.S., right? Like, how do we... I don't know what that answer is. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how that even feels like right now. But all I'm saying is that I have a lot of hope in Generation X, Millennials, Gen Z, and everybody to come after us because really the real reason why we're not seeing any radical or rapid change that honestly reflects the consciousness of the youth and the younger generations um, from Gen X on down is because we don't, these baby boomers have not loosened their grip. These niggas are still in offices. They still running the fucking corpse. They still influencing the ways that uh, millennials and everybody else is operating because they still hold the power. Um, and there are examples of of youth doing things. And I think that when you see young people in places, you're seeing the the hope um, that I'm speaking of. You're, speaking, you're seeing the progress and the progressiveness that actually dwell in the American spirit. You know, people love Americans all over the world. Um, no matter where, who, or what kind of American, they love us. And I tell them, it's, they love the American spirit. It's the spirit that's in the land that y'all talking about. This spirit that is universal. This spirit that is, um, it, it, it really, when it's at its best, it really is something that upholds uh, the, the, the human world, the human family. You know, I see Africa as the motherland because we all in some way come from that. But I see the United States as the brotherland because it's the place where um, universal, global, cultural brotherhood can actually exist. Um, but the thing is, is that we, the humans, have to be the ones to cultivate that and to, to find that in the ways that we we live our American life and set the example for that sort of um, universality that I'm, I'm speaking into. Um, 
in the ways that we practice and do the American experiment every day. And the hope that I have is that when these old ass baby boomers die out, sorry not to put death on nobody, but when their time is actually done, okay, we can really um, start doing the work that's needed to be done. I really do feel like we're just being stalled by um, a generation that is still here and not really, you know, they don't really get it. <laughs> They're not really with the shits. And I'm not saying this is universal, but this is majority um, baby boomer. You know, capitalism really worked for them. And so they really feel this sense of security around the ways that capitalism has worked and operated all these years that I think that we are not allowing um, the true freedom, the true liberty and justice to, to reign supreme because... Um, we're still dealing with people who benefited from the the oppression of the many. And we're still dealing with a generation who's traumatized by their oppression, who did not get a space and room to even to reflect and think about the things that have happened to them, who have become okay with that. And so their energy, their consciousness, you know, their, their the, the sort of vibration that they carry is frozen in all these different um, sites of trauma and oppression and segregation and disassociation that is really impacting the, the spirit of the society. Um, so, you know, again, I just think that racism is really the biggest issue that we need to confront and heal. Like, we got to do a spiritual cleanse. This is a spiritual thing that has impacted the psychology of our nation, okay? It has impacted the whole psyche of how we um, perceive and create reality every day in America. And it's to the point that niggas don't even act like or still, even with watching the police officers literally lynch a man with his knee in 2020 to, you know, even witnessing all the deaths of all these black people um, that happen pretty much, it seems like it's daily now, you know, but to be witnessing all these things that are going on, to be seeing the microaggressions, to be hearing the things that their grandparents and uncles and cousins are saying, and for us to not have the, the balls or the capacity to do something, I feel like, again, that the baby boomers were more radical, like, you know, the civil rights era, God bless it, but it wasn't radical enough, in my opinion. And I think that the emphasis was too much on integration and not on let's confront the motherfucking past um, part of it. But that's a yikes, and we'll stay there for a whole other body tree. <laughs> and the Black Panther Party was probably, in terms of um, black racism, was probably the most um, potent of addressing the things. But again, it was infiltrated and it was too real. It was ahead of its time. So I don't really know what the, the medicine looks like, but I do have a lot of hope in America if we can truly heal from this racism thing and we can truly um, confront the, the, the fact that our roots are in hundreds of years of free labor and um, people who have benefited from that. And we had to really confront how that origin story of the USA um, has shaped the present. And if we can really lean into the ugly a little bit more, I think that we could really 
find a, a beautiful, powerful narrative. And honestly, uh, 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 the hope is that we will share a spiritual lesson that the whole world can learn from. Because I really do see, feel, intuit a spiritual lesson inside of um, the contemporary U.S. history. Um, I really do feel that we have something great to offer the world. There's so many great people and great inventions and so many great things that happen. And it is the American spirit. But the American spirit means everybody. And that has to be the new brand. That has to be the, the new mantra, the, the new mindset of America moving forward is that America really means everybody. Okay, when you say America, you, you have to mean everybody. You have to mean brotherhood. And that is my hope in America that I, I, I have so much um, just um, good feelings about the promise that is in the land. Even if I'm not alive to, to witness it and to experience it, um, I still have a lot of hope that one day America, it makes me cry. that America will really be a free country. That one day we will really be a free place for everybody. And that people will be able to come there and truly find themselves and find their home and find their promise and find their destiny. And I have so much hope in this place that I come from. I have so much love for America um, being away from it. And that's why I call this the Baldwin path, because Baldwin was the same way. I mean, he left on some reactionary, you know, police used to beat his ass up. And he came back with a higher consciousness and a belief in the hope of America. And again, it's it's like the I mean, I know a lot of people aren't going to want to hear this, but it's like the torch is being passed, you know, like because I still have to carry the burden that he had, which is to look at this race thing as a real fundamental, you know, key aspect of elevating the American consciousness and elevating our society to the level at which it was written down when it was founded by the founding fathers and lifting it up to the level of which it could be when it was when it was dreamed and birthed and sold and raised up by our founding mothers, okay? And the promise of America is when we all believe um, in the spirit of America, the spirit, the American spirit, not just the American economy, okay? We did that. We Look at us. We fucked up. You know, kids are fucking dying of drug overdose. Our society is empty. Families is dysfunctional. Violence is a fucking thing. Like, we did the economic part, okay? We did that. We did that. Y'all got y'all free labor, Y'all not going to pay us. That's cool. But now let's get into the spirit. Now let's get into the ethics. Now let's get into the morality. Now let's get dig deep into the soul of our country. And, you know, Joe Biden, you're not in the soul, nigga. You need to apologize for a lot of shit. And you need, if, if we're dealing with the soul, let's deal with the fact that you raped a woman, okay? This woman came out and said you raped her and y'all silenced her because y'all was so traumatized by Trump that y'all allowed some man who me too the fuck out of somebody. Literally got receipts from the 80s and 90s on this nigga and put him into office, okay? And you're not going to atone it by doing it with Kamala the Ops, okay? Um, so I think that we're going to deal with the soul. Then I think that 
the dealing with the soul is that women have been supremely oppressed in our um, society and we allowed women to even suppress this woman who was coming for him and calling it out and I think that we need to make that a serious thing like if we're gonna deal with the soul of the country don't just be throwing out transgender rights my nigga like F- face the facts like let's confront that say something public about it apologize to her tell the truth you know and that's what i'm saying like we need to be seeing those kind of radical things happening like if you were a man that had fucked with some women in the wrong way be open about it be transparent show a change of heart like that's the american spirit it's so malleable it has been changing um since the beginning of this era from since the beginning of time right like even if you think about a hundred hundred years ago the usa is so different now you think about it 50 years ago it's so different even think about it 10 years ago america in 2011 versus 2021 wow you see how malleable our country is when we are able to realize that it is ran by we the people. And we the people represents the mind, the, the consciousness. And the only way that we're going to really elevate our country to the level of its promise is if we the people um, begin to believe in the spirit of America first. And, and and deal with the fact that we are a country that has a fractured heart, a fractured spirit, and we have denied um, the spirit of the land and it's this in the ways that it's made up as everyday people for so long that now we have a chance. Um, I really believe it. We have a chance to to reckon, to reconcile, to heal it and to push our country into the future. And again, I have a lot of hope faith in the promise of America. Now, does that mean I'm trying to come back that quick? Nah, nigga. I'm definitely not at a place where I'm like, okay, I understand all this, so I'm going back. Like, nah, I'm not. I'm, I'm definitely not interested in going back. And honestly, I mean, not right now, but and honestly, like, if I do end up living in America, it's because God brought me there, but it's not because in my heart, this is like what I want to do. Um, <laughs> Real talk. There's nothing, you know, again, no shade to the country. Because, again, I do think it's a great country. But I'm not an idiot. Um, and I do know that what I'm speaking about is the work, right? Like, there's a lot of work that has to be done. And I am definitely called to be someone to serve that and to do the work, to get into the ugly. I mean, I kind of even see this recording this body tree as a initiation um into that but i also feel like um you know i'm not willing to die <laughs> for it because i i know that the spirit of the land is so deep you know spirit works on a whole nother level so it's gonna happen so um, i am also on some self-preservation tip and will not be heartbroken if I just gotta come in and out and do things from time to time, but not have to live there. Um, but we'll see. You know, it's all the Baldwin journey. I'm about to enter the new dimension here in Indonesia. Um, that's all I got for y'all. If y'all really want to help support me and get to dip into this experience, or just really, um, you know, just support and, and, and see what's going on, I would encourage you to look at my Patreon. 
It's patreon.com slash house of Jupiter. H-A-U-S for you simple hoes. H-A-U-S of Jupiter. Um, so patreon.com slash house of Jupiter. It's a good way to really stay connected. I plan on really reviving it. When I started Future School, it kind of went... But now I got my time and space back. So please look out for that. Or you can follow me on every social media outlet I have. I'm on House of Jupiter pretty much everywhere. H-A-U-S again. H-A-U-S of Jupiter. Um, DM me. I'm a very responsive person. And um, that's all I got for y'all today. Let me know what y'all think about this. Um, I'm going to end with a song on one of my records that I came out in 2020 during my renaissance period. It's called Lamb's Blood. I think it's a good closer for this. So thank y'all. In your and was downpour out So so it's the gold war in a pale white horse rise the lake shall dry They outside with a mask and they mask their lives How could you live and be in such arrogant pride They wanna be outside in the state it's nothing lies Told me where they say we garbage don't look back. The world feels like it's ending to begin again. And they ain't never ripping for that orgy sin. So yes, you wanna please free us in this judgment day. My mama wanna see me live the dream someday. She called and played and said the USA. She wanna see her son live and be something great. So Oh, uh-huh.